everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 137th episode of the podcast, airing June 6th, 2022. Now, in this episode, I'm pleased to welcome to the program special guest Cameron Allen to join me in a discussion on astrology and herbalism where I pick Cameron's brain on the topics of astrology and herbalism, while also going down other wormholes such as connecting to our animal natures, accessing inherent wisdom, the misconception of confusion, and a slew of other abstract yet relatable tangents. Now, host confessions. Uh, Cameron's energy made me so giddy, so prepare to hear some left-field cackles out of old Mel here. I really did enjoy waxing poetic with him, though, so I do hope you enjoy listening in. Now, to see us chatting in the flesh, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. And if you would like to support this program, feel free to leave a tip or book a personal consultation over at energeticprinciples.com. You can also sign up for my monthly newsletter there called The Heavenly Wind, which shows up in your inbox at the beginning of each month and has all the transits laid out uh, for the month ahead, some of my musings on the transits, uh, some tarot correspondences, and also an animal ambassador to get you through the month. So come on over to energeticprinciples.com to sign up for that. Now, just a quick announcement before we get started here. I want to give a shout out to Spencer Michaud, who is uh, rounding the bend on his spring three-part series, uh, where he'll be having his final webinar on integrative divination, the Decans of Gemini, on Saturday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you haven't caught any of uh, Spencer's webinars yet. These are detailed webinars, two and a half hour long interactive online workshops where he dives into one sign at a time. And of course, now we are in Gemini season, so Gemini is up to bat. So he'll be exploring the esoteric meanings of Gemini, the diamonds, the tarot syncretizations, the fixed star associations with each 10 degree section of Gemini, and also just the rich history of the mythology, the archetypes, um, you know, and how to integrate these multiple divination systems together into your astrological practice uh, to add them to chart reading or just to understand your own chart. And so these are really rich lectures that he is giving. And so if you want to go sign up, you can do so uh, through the link at the description of this podcast. Uh, and it'll be $45 for the Gemini lecture. Uh, but if you wanted to get the three-part spring bundle, you can do so for $125. And of course, you're going to want to use my special code, which is EP20, which gets you 20% off either option. So once again, that's EP20. Uh, and the link is in the description of this podcast. So all right, who's ready to hear all about astrology, herbalism, and a myriad of other abstract musings? Well, here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome to the program here today. We have Cameron Allen with us. Thanks for joining me, Cameron. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. All right. Well, Cameron, uh, I came across Cameron actually in my interest 
uh, in my recent interest of astrology and uh, herbalism and just astrology and health in general, and um, which, is, of course, is the topic of this program, if you have read the title. Uh, but I was looking at uh, the courses that are offered by, you're going to have to help me with his name, Sage, 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 Sage Popham. Sage Popham. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> know quite how to say the name but um and i saw your smiling picture there as a uh having gone through his courses and and had seen you i think at an astrology hub and a couple other places i was like ah i gotta get cameron up um see what he's got to say so tell me uh tell listeners a little bit about yourself who you are what you do etc that's <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's it's funny because um i'm in this uh i'm in a two-year course right now a program for like to become a ayurvedic uh practitioner and it's like and it's mixed in with yoga therapy and so when you ask me like who am i and just like i'm thinking about i've really just been in yogic philosophy so it's like what like who am i yeah like that's a question i've just been like thinking about like who am i what am i and stuff like that so it just Anyway, just context for the giggle. But, I love um, it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And we're yeah, literally like, having this conversation right when the moon moved into Aries and Mars is about to move into Aries, which is the the I am, you know? So I love yeah, it. Yeah, 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 totally. No, I love that. Yeah, so who am I? Mm, I have to, okay, yeah, I hear you. So <laughs> like it, it automatically, whenever that's, when that's said, I have to like go back, you know, and like, even like you said, like I am, it takes me back to like, there's like a more fundamental version of myself. So I just have to say my little spiel is like, I'm a son, I'm a brother, you know, I'm a friend, I'm a lover. And so like, those are the main things that I am. And I also like lately, especially in my journal, like I, I guess um, I would see it as like having hubris before, but I would say that I'm a seer too. Not like a seer as in I see everything, but like I just observe and I watch and I see. Um, and not only do I see, but I like see behind what's like actually the appearance of something. Um, and so like, that's what I'm like seeing and like feeling as like being a seer lately. Um, I'm an astrologer. I'm an herbalist. Um, I have a degree in psychology have a degree in health for science, you know, like things like that too. You know, I'm okay. That's interesting. Okay. I have a bunch of different new things coming up in this talk. I already like it. Like right. I am, I am like animalistic. It's like in a really interesting mm-hmm. way. It's like, um, yeah. Like even when I like see other animals and feel them, it's like, I, like my, I'm very primal in that way. I have Mars on the ascendant. And for a really long time in my life, I was very, like, I was becoming more and more docile or just, like, not tapping into what is, like, natural for me. So, like, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm an animal, too, in, in a sense. Um, yeah. Uh, I, well, I love that because being an animal lover myself, you know, Scorpio rising, very connected with those animals, we forget that we're animals. We yeah. love to forget in our, in our quote unquote humane nature that we are mm-hmm. part of the animal kingdom, but we are very much animals. We're very much instinctual. We're very much beasts at heart, no matter how much we try to uh, tame that or, you know, or, f- or refine it into human, you know, humanity. Um, but the beast comes out and it's like, there's responsible ways to handle the beast. And I feel like that's very Capricorn thing too. Uh, thinking about 
the, the beastly nature because beastly, you know, beasts are associated with Capricorn to some extent. Um, and we think of the tarot and the, the devil card being there. And it's always this kind of tame the beast or have you tamed the beast or you're taming yourself too much, or I don't know, you're sending me on, <laughs> you're sending me down a wormhole. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm going to, I'm just going to tell everyone out there, remember the beast in you. Mars yeah. is moving into Aries. Remember the beast and your relationship yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such an important thing. And honestly, the people that are nearest and dearest to me and the closest to me and I trust the most, they know their beast. They know their animalistic part of themselves because if you don't, then it's going to be actually like acting out in really like awkward ways or like spilling out into like different corner, hitting corners and crevices of your life. And you'll deny it, but it's there. And it's very apparent for the people who have like accepted, you know, the part of us that is animal, you know, even the, even the development of the brain, it's like, we're like, we do this last and it's covering up the animal part. So if you don't know that part, then it's just, yeah, acting out. And, and so it's not healthy all the way there. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah. It makes you think of the the wild, you know, it's like the beast is the wild. We all have the wild within us. Um, Absolutely. But uh, I've been getting that a lot in like certain readings that I do for myself and like, like archetypes and animal cards and stuff like that. And I keep getting in touch with the wild, the wild that wants to come out. I do have a Uranus on my sentence. So <laughs> there is a wild nature there, but it's like when it gets suppressed or it gets diverted in weird ways, it's like, okay. Yeah. That wild. Mm. All right. Ooh, coming up for you. And then I appear. The, yep. Yeah, you're giving, <laughs> you're giving me the base. Uh, I love it. So, okay. Well, with all the things that you are, I mean, what, I mean, this is an astrology program to some extent. I don't want to make it so exclusive that that's the case, but how, I mean, what got you to the planets? How did you get there? Yeah. So honestly, I always like take a skip back into when I was in college, I was a psychology major. Um, and I would always like, like learn about like Carl Jung. That was like my favorite mm. person to learn about. And so it took me down a route of like learning a little bit about like alchemy from the perspective of like psychological dynamics. And so that's when I first was introduced to the planets, but I wasn't even like introduced to the planets from that perspective, from an astrological perspective, it was all alchemical, even though it's still astrological for sure. My mind wasn't there yet. But when I, when I started working at a spiritual supply store, probably back in like 2015 ish, um, I was where I started working with plants and I just like started looking in book and I started practicing some root work and magic and just was like dabbling in like Solomonic magic and a bunch of different other things that I was looking at and like not necessarily tapping into, but just looking at, and I would find these books and these books would be like, this plant corresponds to this planet. And I would just, I would slightly despise them in the beginning, kind of because <laughs> I'm like a very like skeptical person. And so just to have a book with like, this and that, this and that, this, and I'm like, this is so basic. What does this even mean? Like, this doesn't even mean anything, you know? And so, so then I was like, let me learn about the, Give me a second real quick. My tea is going and I forgot it was there. Sorry. So basically, basically I just kept seeing like all these plant plant relationship uh, dynamics that I just, it felt unsavory. It felt like I'm, cause I have a Gemini moon. So I'm like curious. I'm like, why, 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 you know? And I wasn't getting any whys. And so I started <laughs> reading some like astrology books and but really I started just asking people cause there's so many, like so many people in the city had so much information around 
especially like root work and just, yeah, they just had a lot of wisdom about things, but it didn't seem like anybody really had much wisdom about astrology. And so I just started reading a bunch of books uh, or like reading through books, not really reading a bunch of books, reading through books at the shop. And I would just be like, mm, no, nah, this isn't it. And I'll pick up another book and be like, mm, no, nah, this isn't it. And I just kept doing that until um, I started, like I found evolutionary astrology. And from the moment I found evolutionary astrology, I just was like, okay, like this is it. Like this is this is the one for me right now, especially. Um, but then it was actually just more like dogmatic, as in like this is it. Like all the rest. <laughs> are, in truth, that's how I kind of was acting, to be honest. Um, but re- actually, a little bit to the planets when I was learning. Then there was like a little bit of like herbalism with like the sage of Popham, you know. Like I was mm-hmm. learning a little bit, but I wasn't really learning astrology from him. I was learning just plant planet relationships in general. Yeah, but not the practice itself. It was more just correspondences. Exactly, correspondences, way to look at look at the reflections in nature, um, invitations to just go out in nature and like kind of just figure it out through direct experience. Mm. Um, so that was not only cute, cool, but like a very beautiful thing because I was working in a herb shop, and so to be able to like just have a reflection of like what are what are these planets, what are these plants, what are these people, what are these organ systems, and you know, all these correspondences and just like being in live action, dynamic relational um, contact with all these things moment to moment all the time, especially without the outside influences of other people telling me like what should be, you know, because Sage never, never, he really never taught like that. He would just be like, go have direct experience and you'll learn that way. Um, I'm going on a tangent now. No, but no, that's interesting though. I think that's a good point to bring up when we think about just accessing wisdom and where it comes from. You know, I, this could be a very sad topic, but, uh, and I think that is in what I have read about like working with plants and, and herbalism and such is that, and it maybe it was more of his philosophy too, is just connecting with something from within yourself. It's like very high priestess in, in energy, you know, like it's, it, we look for answers. We look for direction outside of ourselves, but there's always that access within when we're willing to listen or connect, or once again, go back to that kind of instinctual place that we were just talking about with the beast in the wild, because there's so much wisdom that lives there, but we can only access it when we interact with it, when we listen to it, when we're silent with it, when we um, find truth in it and believe it, you know, because a lot of times things come in and people don't trust that, or they think it's just like, oh, I'm just thinking this. And, and so it's interesting just to think about the relationship of learning through trusting your uh, trusting that you have wisdom that comes within you that doesn't always have to have like an outside source. So, yeah. you know, you know yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, there's somebody that I work with who uh, practices Ayurveda, and he says there's there's a two different types of like, um, I guess, um, intelligences, and that's the word I'll use for now. Um, but he says like there's or the two different minds. You know, there's the knowledge mind where you like actually you can go and like this person can tell you Saturn in this house means blah 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 blah. Well, you know, the knowledge mind. You know, and, and it has its value, of course. And then there's the wisdom mind. And with the wisdom mind, you know, when, you, when you're accessing knowledge or understanding through wisdom, it actually has to let you in. Mm-hmm. Like it has, you have to access something there. And so that is like a totally different experience. And it's, and it's an experience that is like actually 
for me personally, it's something I'll never have to let go of because I actually had that relationship with it. Whereas if somebody tells me like what Saturn does in the fifth house in, in Leo, like I might, that might, I might find so many iterations of that, that I could question it or in a different tradition, it says this or that, but there's certain things that I've seen in my life at this point. And I tell, and I've told people even in astrology and they're like, well, you know, this means that. And I'm like, go ask 20 people, go ask 50 people, go ask your mom. Like, I guarantee like this is going to happen because I've literally been like, I didn't make it up. I literally saw it and I was with it. And it like told me, you know, when, after six months of working with astrology, I was like, um, I was driving on I-40 and I had all the symbols, like the glyphs just come through my psyche. And when that happened, I was propelled forward, like at least six to 12, 18 months with like understanding like what's going on with astrology as far as specifically from like a psychological perspective or like how the, the glyphs uh, function in psyche, you know, mm. it was like a direct transmission. It like gave it to me. And from there, it's like, I, yeah, I was just, I knew certain things, you know, it's, yeah. That's so funny that the Gemini moon gets the intuitive download while you're driving. <laughs> It was actually scary. It was really scary, honestly. I bet. I mean, you're like just having to be. Uh, Well, you know what came to mind there is just thinking about experiential astrology, experiential anything. But I feel like once again, back to get to the to the wisdom mind, you know, Mm -hmm. like or the practice that resonates, like a true practice that can resonate within yourself as an individual. It's it's experiential by nature. Could be traditional, could be evolutionary, it could be harmonic. It could, you know, I'm just throwing out different astrology terms. But at the end of the day, everybody should be practicing experiential astrology because that's where the truth lies. Is like what you know, what you see with your own eyes, what you see relayed back through experience. Is, I mean, that's about as much truth as you get. (laughs) I think. So, all right. Well, you know. Let's connect back with those those plants and those planets. And we're here today to talk more about the the natural side of things. Um, and so I, I read like briefly on your website talking about connecting the interconnectedness of plants and planets. We already kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, Saturn rules this, this, but I mean, how do we benefit by bridging the two together? Like what? What do we get by pairing, you know, plants with planets? Um, and is this a long-running story in humanity? Like, have we been doing this for a while? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, in every answer that I have, I keep feeling like it's going to move me out of astrology. To be honest, because that's fine. I you yeah, don't have to say everything. <laughs> yeah, everything is like every. It makes everything connected. It makes it very apparent how everything is connected and how the planets are archetypal energetics that just weave through any and everything. So for me, that's what it did for me. When I was working with the first full year, I was working with the plants and the planets. I was in Sage's course, botanical conversations. And so I was taking um, alchemically prepared medicine called spagyrics. Every single month I was taking a spagyric and I was working with that one plant and learning about it and learning about Venus and learning about um, Taurus and I was learning about, um, cleavers, the plant cleavers, you know? And Mm. so like throughout that time, it started, it actually like warped my mind into being like, 
Actually, they're not even separate. It's like they're actually the same thing energetically. Um, so that's how it is in my mind. It's just like they're not different at all. Besides one is a celestial wanderer and one is a terrestrial wanderer. But they're just mm-hmm. like casted in different directions. Like the as above, so below. It's just, yeah, it feels like that simple right now in this moment, to be honest. I, that, I'm, I mean, I'm picking it up. It's like, it's essentially, they share the same essence, but yeah. one, one is of a cosmic nature and one is of a, a terrestrial, you know, of this earth nature. Totally one, one that we are more directed to be engaged with, I suppose. Like, I mean, with, that's the thing with yeah, the plants yeah. is we can smell them, we can touch them, we can see them, we can ingest some of them. <laughs> um, depends. Uh, versus planets, which kind of take on more of like a mythological connection. I mean, we can't, I mean, we can kind of see them at times, but it's a different type of relationship. Yeah, right. So. And I think that that is another thing right there. Like actually weaves it into where we can access the planet even more because people might think that they can't access Mars because it's this energy somewhere else. But I would just invite somebody, and this is the thing that I would say, I'm like, go um, take a bunch of cayenne pepper and then tell me you don't know Mars. You, know, it's, <laughs> you do know Mars. And that's just like one variation of knowing Mars. Um, and so that's what it does. It like weaves them together in a way where we can actually taste, smell, touch the planetary forces, but just in a different way. Yeah. Hey, it goes back to the experiential thing. Like that's like getting the essence in your, in your body. Like if you take a, a heavy dose of cayenne pepper, you know, you're like, ah, ah. <laughs> you start to sweat, you start to heat up, you know, like there's your blood rises, you know, it's. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It takes the idea of intemperate heat to like a whole new level, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. So I, I love that. I feel like there should be some, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you created this already, like some sort of like, just like an outline of like how to connect, you know, like, especially with food. I feel like, you know, we all, all of us eat every day, I'm assuming, hopefully, um, just being able to like, to me, that seems like the most direct, quick connection to kind of getting like plant essences and like, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, directly into you. And like, I think about like, we think about like course meals or like um, meal planning and stuff like that. Like, <clears throat> like an astrological meal planning to like get familiar with like the experiential part of it. Um, if we, you know, on Monday, on Moon's Day, we eat uh, something that is more moon related or I don't know, you know more about that than than I do, but I'm just... I like the concept. A week of planetary connection, <laughs> eating. So, but um, I mean, have people been doing this for a while? Like, uh, I mean, I would imagine this would have some sort of like origin story or, I mean, I feel like yeah, I, ancestors had lots of, lots more plant interaction than maybe we do today. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I've never really heard many stories around that, but I'm also not like a big myth person, not Mm. even, not as in, I don't like it, but it's just not, hasn't been a part of my, my experience in life. You know, when I, when I was introduced to these things, I was like pretty, I was pretty old by that time. And I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia in the hood. So it was like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in touch with the myths of things. So I wouldn't know about that. But what I do know is 
I'm under the assumption that it would have to happen because it happened to me naturally. Mm. So like, there's no way that I'm come like I'm feeling into like new things that are, haven't happened before. You know, that's one belief that I do have. Like, no idea is actually like original. So we're continuously cycling through um, these experiences. So I'm no, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some of that. <clears throat> one I can think of right now is in Ayurveda they talk about um, soma. They talk about Soma and Soma's the moon. And they talk about how like when it when it dripped down onto the planet, it like became blue lotus. Lotus plant in um in Ayurveda. So that's one way to look at it, or that's one story that I've heard. But other than that, I don't yeah, I probably did hear them, but I don't like remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you may made me think of and like how it came to you is that it's more about rather than trying to find like the origin or, you know, like how long we're just going to assume that people have been doing this for a very long time, because what I'm hearing from you is that it's naturally within us. Yeah. You know, and it goes back to that, like finding it within yourself and and accessing that and and like having that wisdom come in from whatever place that it originates at. It's like, it's, it's there. And so, I mean, we've evolved as people over time, but when we get back into the instinctual animalistic nature and the connection to um, all of nature, it, it, you know, cause nature is a beast in itself. Right. It's like that <laughs> it, it, it's all there. And we've been interacting with nature since our, you know, the first life form, et cetera. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like all, all inclusive, all in one, like it's always, it's always been there because it's, we're all part of that same thing. Like, <laughs> I guess get a little abstract, no, but you know, yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. You know? And it's, it is funny too. Cause I even heard you like, you like, that's, you know, the way you said it at the end, it's like, kind of like, cause we're all connected. It's like, we're all connected and it's like, it's all one thing, but also we want to make sure that we like differentiate it's like it always gets to this weird point when duality breaks and then like I'm like my face cringes and I'm like <laughs> I'm like wait did that did I sound intelligent when I said this did that make sense and I'm like, like yeah you know, well, because it, it actually doesn't sometimes yeah, like in our linear logical brain it like hits like a little short circuit and it's like wait no I meant that yeah no that's it yeah. Well, cause as, as I said that what was happening is like my my brain was taking like humans to like animals, to like plants, to like the entire, like I was like, it was going down in steps and everything was lumping further together. (laughs) Like that was like the, the vision in in my head. And so I was kind of like questioning it as I was saying it, but it made sense. Um, You know, know, when you surprise yourself. (laughs) No, 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 that's exactly. Yeah. When I was talking about the plants and the planets and how it's like, that's, that is exactly it. Like that image that you have, that is exactly what it is. And yeah, trying to go back there and then trying to come back to where I'm at is like always, I feel like that's like the practice. That's like the, mm. that's the best thing that I get out of it all. Um, yeah, seeing how it's all one and seeing how it's all different at the same time. It's like my Gemini moon like gets off on that all the time. You know? it's, <laughs> it's the funnest thing ever. It's a, it's a trip. It is a trip. If that's not duality, I don't know what it is. But, um, 
it's, and it's such an interesting thing. I love that we're even talking about this as like planets are moving from Pisces to Aries, because that's, that's kind of the essence of that too, that I've actually been talking about in the last couple of programs, um, with, you know, Jupiter moving out of Pisces and into Aries and, and Mars doing it now. And just in going from that, the feeling of all is one to this individualized state and, you know, and, and how they both exist, um, and we need to be the individual within the whole, but we also have to realize that our individual selves that we are part of this larger, bigger thing that is, you know, could be part of even even larger, bigger thing and other universes and et cetera. You know, if we want to go, if we want to go there, but, um, yeah, something that's been on my mind lately, let's just, let's just say that. So, all right. Now, when you started like connecting with just in the, in this practice and the way that it has evolved for you, um, and, and bringing, bringing some of the astrology or at least the planetary points in it. Uh, what are some of the things that amazed you about making these connections together? Did you have any particular experiences that you're like, just had a moment you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) what, uh, what are some of the things there that kind of blew your mind or made you think or et cetera? Yeah. I remember there was like one week particularly that I was doing uh, a plant that corresponded to the planet every day. Mm. And I was drinking burdock root on a Thursday. And I was just like, in, cause I, when I was doing that, I was, I would go in the dark in my bathroom with like headphones on. So I would like deprive myself of senses so I could experience it. Mm. And I just remember, um, I think I was like reading, I read like two correspondent books that day. And it was like Judith Hill was like saying like, Jupiter's ruled by this. And then there was like Robert Jansky was saying like Jupiter's ruled by this or something like that, you know? And I was drinking the burdock root and I was like, burdock, like burdock as Jupiter essentially like show me, like, I want to know, like, I want to know like what, like what is Jupiter corresponding to? And I, I swear within like less than 20 seconds, like my, it was like my liver was just like, Hey, hey. it was just like started like <laughs> started like just like dancing and like vibrating and it was like the funniest sensation i've like ever had in my liver and i've never to this day i've never felt that ever again and but it was like since that day like i was like okay it's settled and i mean burdock you know it's like it works in the liver for sure but it's like i was like okay fine like it, it rules the liver like as a primary correspondence and so every day that that week, I was having like similar experiences. There was none like as that. There was none that was like that alive in my body. But I just remember that specific week. It was just like every day I was like something was just clicking in. And so again, like always back to these direct experiences. Experiences, yeah. Well, I mean, always you're it's that it's that sad like sad. <laughs> sad rising it's all about the experience and the the fact that you connected in jupiter being the one you almost connected with most strongly physically too just because i mean i I assume that is very important planet for you um and i think about the liver too and being connected to jupiter and like jupiter being that uh that overindulgence that can happen with uh you know a lot of times the liver <laughs> is the one that that takes the brunt of it um so that's interesting that that's connected there yeah yeah oh wow but, i'm thinking about the one with neptune now mm. <sighs> that was interesting <laughs> yeah, as it would be with, with neptune <laughs> yeah the one with neptune it was like 
everything everything turned into like one everything got confusing because it felt like everything was ones and zeros because like yeah everything turned into ones and zeros around me it was like i could feel you know like matrix is like one zero zero one one it's like if i could feel it and so everywhere that was space was zero and then like everywhere that was like physical tangible was one Mm. and it just like left me in a state of like overwhelm confusion but also like the clearest knowing Mm. that moment where it was like it's flowing it's happening i have no choice i'm overwhelmed and i'm okay and it's like it was yeah it was that one was really that's really neptune i mean we think about the the overwhelm of it but then the connectedness of the uh you know, like I love the idea of being confused and clear at the same time. Because once again, we're in a space of duality, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that was, but I have every bit of understanding <laughs> at, at the same time. And so were you in the same, like a, like immersed state where you were like, had your senses kind of blocked out and were you in, ingesting anything or was there any, like, what was your Neptune con- connection? Or if you Yeah, that time that. I was- yeah, that time I was working with an uh, entheogenic plant at that time, um, and I was out in nature, mm. and that was that was like week three, I think, of Neptune, like trying to connect with Neptune, because I did I did I did Uranus first, and I did Pluto, um, and those were like five week week every weekend for five weeks I would do it, and but with Neptune that was the third week that I was doing it, and yeah, that was that was really interesting because i also started receiving like because i was doing certain meditations at that time and i also started receiving like mm, guess what i like to call like codes on neptune so like there's these codes that i like specifically supposed to be transmitting to certain people and telling them like like just reminding people that like you never actually have to be confused in this reality that's a human that we made that up to be confused because as humans we have the option to admit that we don't know and when we don't know then we do know and we know that we don't know and so, like, when we project also, when we project confusion onto Neptune, it's it's our own doing because we think that we're supposed to know. <laughs> and a lot of times we just don't know. And then it's not Neptune's business. And so I will still call Neptune confusion to be relatable to humans, but it's not really true. We need to, like, let that go, because if we let that go, then most of the time in our lives, we won't be overwhelmed in that way. Mm. We just like give in to the ocean or the, the ocean of consciousness or the ocean of truth that's happening in this present moment and accept it. And when we can't, we get overwhelmed. And so anyway, thank you, Neptune, for that. So I could share it. I, <laughs> I know. I think about the great mystery and being present with it, being okay with it. And I love that you bring that up about the nature of confusion. And I only say, I only say the Gemini need to know only because it's my own personal placement that connects with it. Um, (laughs) But we could think about that with the the mercurial energy or like, I always say with like Gemini energy, a lot of times there is, you know, uncertainty can be like the, the root cause of all anxiety, right? Like the, just being uncertain about something, but like, I love pointing that out that you pointed that out about it being just we're expected to know. And I wonder if we're like expected to know, because if you don't know, then you're not on some linear path or you're not on some sort of like straight away, which as people that you, you should be 
you know, knowing your business, you're going somewhere, you're doing something, you're succeeding at something, you know, like, you you know, and it's, it's okay. Not, not to know. God, I wonder how many people are going to be sleeping very well tonight after, (laughs) after hearing that, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I can relax. I don't know. It's okay. (laughs) No, it's, yeah. It's so, and so important for people to know it's, I've used that line so many times. It's like not even funny how how many shoulders I've seen like relax and fall down just from hearing those words. Yeah. And with Mercury, I mean, with uh, Mercury and like Gemini there too, I always think of it's like you could either choose to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Or it's like, oh, I wonder what that is. You know, it's like we always have that choice of like just being curious when we don't know rather than like pulling back and like, being anal attentive around like not having the informational intellect version of what we think we should know. And, and we overuse that in our society. So it's one thing that we're actually like really sharp on. Um, but you know, one of my teachers says sharp tools aren't good when a baby has it. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. (laughs) The image that went around with it too, was good. Um, well, yeah. it's interesting because it's like we, I don't know, I feel like with the pressure to know, or if you don't know, like it's, you, then you, then you could be stupid or you don't want to look like you're dumb or you don't want to let, you know, like there's like an error that comes up or yeah. around it. Like you have to, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know, you know, and so I feel like there's a lot of people that feel like there's not room to not know because, you know, either you'll be looked at a certain way or, um, or it could just be humbling within yourself. Cause a lot of people, it's not even that someone else would be judging you. It's like, Oh, I'm like being hard on myself. Like I couldn't possibly act like I don't know, you know, like, and then, yeah. so you put up fronts or you, you, I don't know, but it leaves you in a rigid space is what it does. Because if you think you, what's the, what's the, famous quotes like if you know it all you don't know nothing and if you say you know yeah, nothing exactly. you're you are I don't know I'm butchering it but you know where I'm going with it yeah, um yeah. yeah so that, that's that's interesting that's uh did you have any connections being having um the Gemini moon did you have any relationships with like mercurial plants or anything come come in that was part of your experience to understand like maybe the mercurial process more yeah, yeah. With I was drinking wood betony a lot then too, um, the plant wood betony, and I correspond that to Mercury, and it was like just showing me how um, Virgo ruling the. They say in some books they say Mercury rule. I mean Virgo rules the digestive tract as a whole, um, but what I've realized it was it rules what's called the mesentery system. Hmm. Have you heard of the mesentery system? No, do do tell. Yeah, absolutely. So the mesentery system in the body is actually just, it's, you could kind of think of it as like a sheath or like a layer that's like, is like layered on top of all the organs in the digestive tract. But it's the thing that's like giving information to all of them. Mm. So it's actually organizing them. So like, it's like, hey, liver, it's time for the gallbladder to do its thing. The gallbladder's like, okay, cool. Let me take that stuff from the liver. And, you know, it's, it's just organizing everything, right? Which is like very Virgo. And so instead of this generalized, it rules a digestive tract, which it does. It like showed me in my stomach. And this is what wooden Bentley does. It brings you down into your solar plexus area. And it helped me just like organize it. And I was just like, 
it led me on that path. Like, what organizes the stomach? Like, what, like, what, how is this mercurial? How is this about the nervous system? How is this about information? And so I kept on drinking with Batman. It just was like, go look for this, go look for that. And it just kept, I mean, it really was just like, go Google it, go Google it. Kind of, that's what it was kind of <laughs> saying. And I resisted it for a while because I was like, I'm Cameron and I'm spiritual and I'm in my bathroom drinking tea. And, and you know, and it was like, but it's like, it made sense why it was like mercurial and be like, go get the information, bro. You know? And so I did. And I like started looking it up and I just found it was like mesentery system. And then I was started listening to Montauk Chia, uh, a Tao, like he's a, he's a Taoist practitioner of Taoist alchemy. And, and he would talk about like doing organ massages in the soul, it's like organizing your stomach through like just massaging it and like connecting your intelligence here to your organ system intelligences. And he literally started talking about the mesentery system. And so that's what I got from the mercury. If you're digesting too much information here, you won't be able to digest information here. And you can actually learn how to organize this because reality is organized in a specific way. And that's why in our society, Virgos have a lot of issues sometimes. And people don't like it that Virgo have issues. And I'm like, they literally have issues because reality and nature is organized in a certain way. And we're here in this society and it's distorted. And since it's distorted, many Virgos suffer because of it, because they know it's like something's wrong here. Something's wrong. here. We all know a Virgo that's like something's wrong here. This detail is missing, but we're, they're given all this information in this reality as in the world but not all the information from the earth. Mm-hmm. And so we have like incorrect information and we have incorrect information that wires and fires things incorrectly. So tangent again. No, also. that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah no. Well, yeah. And so it's like literally a sheath, like a, like something yeah. that's kind of like over like the whole interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's behind it. Mm. But over it behind. So yeah. Kind of covering it in a sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 In it contact, might, I should, I should do this since <laughs> that's I'm okay. That's I'll I'll be going later. Okay. <laughs> well, so you even just talking about that made me think because um, well, recently my my partner's been having issues with uh, like kind of like stomach bloating. Like it's like uh, he's just having problems with digesting, and, and he's like he's really uh, cautious about what he eats and and he doesn't, he doesn't intake gluten. He doesn't, he's like very specific and he kind of always eats the same thing. And he recently just did a fast over the weekend that was like, you know, three or four days long and thinking that maybe it would like subside some of it, but he was still having the kind of the bloating issue, um, even with not eating. And so I was kind of looking more into the brain and gut relationship, which when you were talking about that right now, like the, you know, the, the, because there is like a whole system that obviously is connected with that. Um, and he gets migraines too. And I think that there's mm-hmm. like a sensitivity that comes between those two spaces. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, we're trying to figure out what that is, but you just talking about like, I don't know, you talking about just assimilate, uh, digesting that information in the order of life and like having problems with the digestive system. And I don't know. Yeah. I just wonder if maybe that. Yeah, I, have, I have at least 12 solutions for that already. So just like, let me know. after. <laughs> All right. I will. <laughs> I will. So, but I guess what my whole point of that story is, is that there's clearly something connected with, you know, the, the mind gut connection. Yeah. Perhaps that's a mercurial thing. Perhaps there's other things that are going on there, but 
in the heart too. I'm gonna go on a tangent real quick. So like the 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 when people have anxiety, the first thing I always ask them is, "Where's your anxiety? Stomach, heart, or head?" Mm. And so the stomach, heart, head thing is really from my perspective what I saw in my mind's eye when I was doing a meditation with Mercury and my talisman one day. It was talking about the the journey that Mercury does when it's like going retrograde and back and forth and how that energy is like Virgo energy and Gemini energy and how uh, the combustion and Kazemi and stuff like that. It's like, it's coming through here, you know? So like being able to have no Mercury, Mercury should be centered here because Mm. this is the strongest informational center that we have in our body is our heart. It's the like biggest electromagnetic field that it creates. So all the information should be centered in the heart. And so we should begin there because we oftentimes in our society think it should be in our head, um, which is Gemini. And, um, and in the stomach is Virgo. So it's like, it, keep, it needs to keep going back and forth, but it needs to be centered in the heart. And so sometimes we get disorganized and we can't digest information in the form of food because we're digesting incorrect information in the form of thoughts or thought mm. processes or too much excess thought that scatters us out. And when it scatters us out, we can't be centered in the stomach or, yeah. So, um, <sighs> That's it's fascinating to me because essentially, you know, the once again, it's talking about the relationship because it's connected to the same planet, obviously, you know, with Mercury ruling both Gemini and, and Virgo and and the relationship with the the sun and the heart and the in the centralized, you know, being. Um, and just thinking about Mercury's relationship with the sun, which you're pointing out and and how we're in it right now. We just had like the the Mercury Kazemi happen, and it's really the only like those two, well, sun's not a planet, but you know, they're, they're very interconnected. I don't know. You're my, you, you, your visual gave me something that I'm digesting right now, basically, uh, in in many ways. Yeah. That's fascinating. Then I was just thinking about his fast and how he did it during the Kazemi and like trying to connect with the actual information and like, what's the the cause and like coming there during that space and time, which is Mm -hmm. fascinating to think about too. So, Hmm. Hmm. Well, all right. So let's think about just like connecting with plants and, you know, the herbal energies within the natal chart. Right. I mean, we can, cause uh, I'm assuming you do consultations where you look at someone's chart and connect with like their makeup to some extent. Right. Is that, (laughs) is that something you do? (laughs) Um, so how do we connect the herbs to the natal chart? Or, I mean, are we looking at signs? Are we looking at the planets? Are we looking at both? Like, what's your first go-to assessment? Like, if you were looking at a natal chart and say someone needed something, or maybe they didn't need something, maybe they just want regulatory. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah. What... So I would probably look towards the, if if someone asked me that directly, so let's make that clear. If someone asked me that directly, I would probably look towards the sign first, because I want to know what area of the body or location it is in the, in the body. And then I would look to the planet next because the planet would tell me hot, cold, wet, dry. Like, do we want to cool this Mm. down? Do we want to heat this up? Stuff like that. Um, And so the sign is the location. And then the, the planet is the energetic. Ah. And so, and honestly, you could go either way with that. It's like, if you want to go to Mars, like, like if somebody's talking about something specific, because usually when people come to me, they already have something going on, which I don't, that's not the most, that's not, the 
yeah. practice that I want. So I'm also inviting people to hit me up as preventative medicine as well. Um, but um, yeah, if you want to look at it, Mars, it's like Mars is supposed to be hot or at least heating things up. And so if somebody doesn't have digestive fire or somebody feels like a sense of like lack of willpower, we're going to look towards that Martian energy and see where it's at in the chart. And based off of where it's at, then we go to the sign and then we go to the house and then we go to like how that's actually being experienced by the person, which is like something that's really important because somebody like two people can have Mars and, and cancer. And one person is like, Oh my gosh, I'm so emotional all the time. I get, and then other people, they, they, they're, they're not, they're not, they are emotional, but they're not expressing the emotion. It's like, it's not coming out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the way I would go about it. And if you give me an example, that would be easier for my mercurial mind. <laughs> um, so like, I'm leaving it so open-ended. It's going to be like everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Oh my goodness. So let's say, let's say that, um, actually I have another question. I'm going to divert because, you know, totally, I got yeah. Mars and Gemini. I'm oh, just curious oh. if, if there's like, when P, like if you've noticed a predominary predominant, I don't think that's a word, predominant planet that comes up when someone kind of comes to you, not when someone, but just as a collective of like clients, like, mm. is there a, a planet or two that seems to be a culprit? Like that seemed like people tend to have more issues with this planetary energy. Yeah, I would definitely say right now, the way I see it is usually Jupiter and Saturn. Really? Yeah, Jupiter and Saturn, because it's just like they're the greats, you know? And so to be, I mean, you know, it's like the great benefit, the great malefic. And really what we're saying there from my lens, from an energetic, actual true energetic perspective physiologically, is the great take away and dry out and the great stagnate and create too much excess. Mm. That's really what we're saying there. Like, is this person like drying out or feeling withered away or their tissue state becoming depressed or are they, are they becoming stagnant and are they getting clogged up and there's just too much going on? There's just excess there. And since they're great, they're great and mighty and they're just big and it's a lot. Um, so those are the main two that I, I see. I mean, the, the outer planets, it's like a whole different conversation. They're going to be in everybody's chart doing certain things because it's transpersonal is beyond them. It's, generational and it's come through them and depending on like aspects it'll be more or less alive um but that's that's kind of a different thing well so. you well, you just talking about that though makes me think about the transits and um because i'm assuming transits and like progressions and charts would have some sort of emphasis on you know because we're not static beings like <laughs> we're always dealing with things that are around us and within our own natal you know signatures and then progressions within that and even you just talking about jupiter and saturn um and i don't know if that's you've seen that like as a predominant in in, in the longevity of the practice or even just recently, because when I think about recently and just going through a, a grand conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn meeting in the skies and we're living, especially Saturn energy right now, like it's been so heavy Saturn in the last, you know, since 2020. Um, and if, you know, the, that's kind of showing up and just client work uh, of like those grand conjunctions making yeah, themselves yeah. known. And it has, and that has showed up within the last year for the most part. Those two seem make me seeing those 
to as like the main culprits, even though, you know, I have like week, like three weeks at a time where like Hygieia will pop up. And it's like, even though I'm not saying Hygieia is the main culprit, cause that's not true, but it'll be like, that'll be the emphasis, you know? Um, so it's interesting mm. how it shows up, but, uh, yeah. E- and, and just for everybody's just listening, it's actually, you pronounce it Iyia. Iyia is the name. It's not Hygieia. It's Iyia. Iyia. Hey. Gemini Moon's telling us. She's, she's always like, Cameron, like you, you need to, you know, you need like, to say. Spread the word. Gotta <laughs> let them know. Um, so do you work with, uh, cause that's a, that's asteroid, correct? That's the, um, mm-hmm. so do you work with asteroids and the outers and, and when you're doing all, doing all this? Oh yeah. I mean, well, the asteroids is just like mm, hit or miss. It's like, if it's conjunct something important, then I will consider it and I'll talk to somebody about it. And the more and more I talk about it, the more and more people come who have it. And the more and more people who come who have it, the more and more I know what's happening there and it becomes more relevant. Even if it's not like, it's like, it's like, I'm not talking about their organ system. I'm like, do you, it's like when you, like when you're around people and you leave, do you feel way different? It's like their E is on the descendant and it's like, they need, they're needing to like learn what it is to have energetic hygiene and relational dynamics. And when they don't, their health gets affected. And so like, just like thing could like wait, awaken something that like helps them be more healthy, even if it doesn't have to do with a specific organ system. But when it comes to the outer planets, uh, yeah, I work with the outer planets a lot, you know, just working with evolutionary astrology and learning a lot from Mark Jones and taking his Pluto school course, you know, at first, when I first started astrology, I only looked at Pluto and then, well, not only, but I started with Pluto and then the nodes and then the Uranus straight. And so being able to do that, it would be, it would show me like some deep unconscious processes that were happening. And so then I started learning how to correspond that with health. And so Pluto having a lot to do with, <clears throat> from the way I've been observing it so far is about like deep core vital energy that disrupts the endocrine system or actually give somebody like a very strong amount of power and potency and health in their endocrine system. And then Uranus being about um, energetic, like um, the nervous system as a whole in the mind as a whole, not even just like the nervous system that's in the body, but the electrical system of the body and how it's wired or it's not wiring correctly and how agitated it can get or how calm and composed it can be or how much, uh, technology might be affecting and influencing it in a way that it, the person doesn't even know um, how like through the generations they've been taught to fracture from their true self. And so they're, it's like they're, they like keep a part of themselves right here. And so their nervous system never is fully like, it's not cohesive and it doesn't feel regulated because it's like the energetic barbed wire is like ripped open. And then the part of them is like over there. So like things can get in and it like, ah, agitates me. and. Um, and that's a big thing, you know? And well, and so, yeah, you're, you're, so, spe- you're speaking to me right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So wherever you're honest is that in the chart, it'll just show like what was the origin point. And then the aspects will say, what are the reflexes that have happened because of this origin point um, underlying fundamental shock or trauma um, mm. fragmentation? whatever word one wants to use there. Well, it's interesting just as someone that has 
Uranus like directly on their ascendant. Um, and then it's exactly in a trine with my sun and a sextile with my moon. So it's like very mm. much. And then I have a Pluto T square, which is exactly square my sun and exactly square my moon. So hearing you talk about both of those examples, I'm like, well, I can relate, I can relate to this, but it, there is something to be said about the Uranian, the, the nervous system and in the agitation, well, the agitation, but just like the, the on-guardness, you know, yeah. like they're like at a moment's notice, I can just, just like jump at anything, like things that would not bother, you know, the normal person, like, and then my, my partner always makes a joke because he's like, oh, you're up to no good. You know, you're doing something. You're like, cause I'm just yeah. jumping at anything. And I'm like, no, it's just like my, kind of my hyper, you know, like maybe vigilance a little bit. I, I don't know, but it's just like an energetic nervous response that can kind of come at the drop of the hat. Um, and same with like, just, uh, uh, like electric wise is that I can shock anything even with like, I am constantly shocking things. It's like, I can feel the current, like I wake up in the morning and, you know, when you think about Uranus on the ascendant, cause it's like, that is the morning, right? It's like, that's the, the break of dawn is essentially the idea of ascendant in the Eastern horizon. It's like, I wake up buzzing. Sometimes I would like, my body will literally be buzzing with just energy because it's like, like it maybe it refueled overnight and it's like, all right, I'm at, you know, your max capacity, the battery is ready. And it's just like, and my eyes are like all awake and I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, and, uh, and I feel like I influence technology in weird ways. I'm really good at technology. Like I'm just have a natural knack to it. But I've also had like issues with technology and computers where like I had an issue with a computer, my computer once that Apple was like, I've never even seen this and, and no one else had it. It ended up resolving itself after some time, but like, it's just, it was like maybe my interaction with it just kind of fritzed it in some strange way. So what you're saying about Uranus, I guess is what I'm saying is absolutely true. It's, yeah, it's a thing. I, I really, yeah, that's. I love Uranus so much. I literally have a tattoo of Uranus on my neck, on the back of my oh. neck. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. It's, yeah, it's, it's really important in my practice overall, even just outside of like this, I guess what I would call like normal astrology stuff. Um, because What it is, is it really, that you like about it? What it, What are you connected with Uranus? Yeah, I think like just the, the fact that I'm an Aquarius and so they like co-rulership mm-hmm. And like what it's taught me through that, because like the co-rulership of Uranus through Saturn and uh, or the the co-rulership of Aquarius through uh, Saturn and Uranus is like the structure of the blueprint of the field that we're actually in. It's the information that we're carrying. So it's like electric and around us, but it's also the structure and my ability to like actually essentially in connection with people, especially when I'm in close proximity to them, it's as, it's as if I can take the information that's like in their Uranian field or their, like, mm. you know, Rupert Sheldrake calls it the morphogenetic field. Some people might call it an aura. You can call it whatever you want. It's electrical information. That's what it is at the end of the day. It's as if I can just take it out of the field and just read it and then be able to like talk to people based off of like, what's uniquely happening for them, not based off of what I can see, but based off of the information that's in the electric field. And so I've worked with a lot of people who have like had issues with technology and stuff like that. 
because their blueprint in the way it's like out in the field, it is like the antennas out there or it's like feeling it, you know, so you can even see like you're on a symbol like this right here, you know, it's like mm-hmm. out there. You can feel it. And so what I do is I help through a lot of different ways. I hope them be able to like bring energy down and like back into their heart to where it doesn't vibrate in that way. So it would, you know, like you were saying like feeling like frightened or like, or, in the, and for me, it was the opposite. Cause I have Uranus on the ascendant with Mars and I would frighten others. No, I had did the same thing. I scare people all the time, like unintentionally. It's <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like shocking, you know? Yeah. Experience. Like they'll, they'll, I'll turn around and they'll be there and they'll like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> and I feel like I'm a, I'm a catalyst for a lot of things too. Like when my energy shows up, something happened or like I'm delivering some sort of like energetic situation to someone else. And I'm, I'm like, well, you think about the, they say Uranus is, you know, the higher octave of Mercury, which is like the messenger to begin with. And you're talking about the information that is within the electric field. Like this is, you know, I can see how the two of them would play together there. But so, uh, so you experienced that too. I'm not alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uranus is the awakener and Mercury is the messenger. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always had like really good meditations with Uranus, just always seeing the glyph, it's just always the glyph with the circle of spirit here in my heart. And then I could like see the staff and then it would like open up and it would be like just the energy field. And it would just always show me that. And it was like, yeah, okay. I'm like, I get that. It also represents the mind stream. So mm-hmm. like the information that we have here centered in our heart in our, or even in our like field in general, if you go up outside of space and time, you know, you're open and receptive to the past information and the potential grid of the future information. And if you know how to function and work with that and create coherence within your being, you can get those energies and bring them down into the present moment to create actual, to be able to, it's not, it's not like you can do it every single time or something. Maybe you can, I don't want to. I don't want that to not be a potential, but it's like, you can, you can, you can bring insight in with more ease. If you can break out of the Saturnian realm and go into that, like essentially like an energetic elevator and like access what one might call like the individual Akashic records, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. which is like the information of the mind stream of the person and like what they've been through. But also in that you pull in the information from the past and it's in your field and you're like, Everybody who's an athlete's an asshole because in seventh grade, the athletes beat me up or, you know, whatever it is. It's like we we if we can learn how to, like, kind of feel into that field as humans, we could do we could we could do a lot. We could do a lot. Yeah. So, well, they do talk about the Aquarian age coming and maybe, you know, as we go through Uranian eclipses right now, I feel we get like one step closer to, to the Uranian potential of life. What? how we evolve uh, as people, you know, energetically. I will, is there, speaking of plants and Uranus, are there any, well, we weren't speaking of that, but now we are. Uh, Are there, is there any, any plants that are, or herbs that are connected with Uranus at all? Or would I benefit from any of my my nervous Uranian stuff? Yeah, I've worked with Go to Cola for Uranus. Go to Cola. Go to Cola, mm, G-O-T-U space, K-O-L-A, go to Cola. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, go to Cola is just like, it helps with the the mind, you know, or what they even call like the, the Manamaya Kosha. 
it's the it's the mental body as a whole. Like Go To Cola works with that energetically, but it also works on like just the nervous system. It works on the structure of the body, so it kind of still has like some Saturnian flavors to it as well. Yeah, so that's what I work with when I work with Uranus. Um, there's been a few other plants, but I just haven't, I haven't decided or feel like I've gotten enough to say that they're truly Uranian. Yeah, yeah. but go to cola. That's, go to cola. That's I'm gonna go. I'm um, meditations on it. Like I, I use go to cola, which it, like I co co rulership with Saturn. Um, so more, yeah, I guess even in that way, I, I sometimes I do plants as rulership of specific planets or uh rulership of signs mm. so really when i feel into it really actually is go to cola is really like aquarian to me um so it does have the co-rulership again like it has the uranus and it has the saturnian function to it because even like uh back in the day like out of yoga people who practice yoga they would drink a lot a lot a lot of go to cola they would drink like pints of it and they would just like skip it makes you be able to like have the structure of your body feel comfortable so you can be still, but then also it helps your mind be structured in a way where you can like reflect and be deep in meditation. And once you go into that state, you move beyond your own present moment conditioning and then the insights can come in. So that's how hmm. I pretty much work with Cola most of the time. Well, I feel like a lot of us might be able to benefit from that right now with having so much, so much planetary action and Aquarius and, and Saturn lighting things, <laughs> lighting things up. Like, yeah, I feel so like, mm. what about, uh, is there any, um, you know, I'm just, uh, selfishly picking your brain right now, but, uh, <laughs> what about, what about Scorpio? So say if I had, like, I'm trying to get to my Uranian condition, but my Uranus is in Scorpio. So we can be like, mm-hmm. go to Cola kind of has this Uranian, uh, you know, Uranian energy, but if we wanted to pair it with the sign, of Scorpio, how would, how would we do that? Would we add another in like pair it with something or would we lean one towards the other, et cetera? Depends, in theory, sure. yes. In theory, <laughs> yes. Um, but like in, as, as far as a human goes in their physiological state of being or their psychological state of being, I would probably lean towards Oregon grapefruit, um, Oregon grapefruit with Scorpio, because it does help people who have like a certain amount of like fear there's like a fear of like, yeah, just fear. It's like fear in a way where it's like, could be perceived as like slightly like paranoid or like jumpy, like something's coming to get me kind of feeling to it. Um, so yeah. And when, and I say that specifically, it's like perceived, like it's like, it's, it seems like there's no reason, but when you actually start taking the Oregon grapefruit and if you start doing like kind of like journeys with it in the chart, like images will appear or experiences will appear and it'll show you more about like why this is happening, you know? Mm. So Oregon grapefruit, even though I've never in my whole life mixed Oregon grapefruit with go-to-cola, and I'm not saying that I would never do such a thing, but mm. what I'm saying is I wouldn't necessarily put those two together in my head as a general theory, but yeah, anyway, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Like you don't want to just put randomly put things together for whatever yeah, 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 reason. Totally. I find that interesting that you made that uh, or that you gave that sort of example um, with it because when I was a kid and I was kind of attribute this to the, uh, the Pluto um, T square that I have in the 12th, but I 
was deathly afraid that someone was coming to get me. Like I, there was, this was a fear of mine for like a, a good part of my childhood that I, and I don't know if someone like got me in a past life or something. And like, maybe I had the residuals of like, you know, <laughs> but it was a like legit psychological situation that I, and even still to this day as a grown woman, I'm like, I'll feel this like rush behind me of energy that like, like something's there or something's coming to get, get me. And I'll like, ah! and it gets like the nervousness. And, and then I, I stop like these days I stop and I sit with it. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna sit with it. I don't know what it is, but I always just kind of attributed it to like more of a plutonian thing, but you kind of bring in the Scorpio quality and the, the nervous kind of Uranian energy. It just kind of, kind of makes me wonder more yeah. if there's more behind that. So yeah, well, I would say it's more behind it because some people don't believe that Pluto co-rules Scorpio, but it does. And, and like, if you look at the chart from a certain way, so like, even if it was Scorpio doing it or Pluto doing it, it was like the differentiation is one degree of separation. When you look at it from an evolutionary astrology perspective, and then you add that Uranus and it's like, oh yeah, there's yeah. And that's the thing. Like, ah, like it just makes me think about that. And I'm like, there's so many people who have these experiences and they seem like they don't make sense or like, why am I even thinking this way? And it's like, no, we can know, we can find out we really can. And and I'm not saying that I have all the tools currently in this present moment to do it every time, but it's like, there's so many people that I've like seen with these experiences. And I'm like, yo, we, we can figure this out. And there's actually practices to do to like, fortify against it um, rather than try to like potentially rationalize it, rationalize it or act mm-hmm. like it's, or try to like just think it away. And it's like, no, it's not, this is not something we think away. This is something we like try to learn to integrate um, on a more subtle level for sure. And there's steps to get there, but you know, this is not about plants anymore. Yeah, no, I let, no, well, it doesn't have to be, but you know, like the, dis- <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. It's more just, about I, like dissociating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do that in my mind because I like going so many tangents. I'm like, once I go all the way over here, I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. pivot, Cameron. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I'm like, I feel like I was born for tangents. <laughs> my Mark, my Mars and Gemini. Um, no, but I, I like, I do, I do just want to reiterate what you're saying because I think it's important is like, rather than trying to maybe like rationalize something or maybe even disassociate it or detach it or like kind of like, either push it away, like the, the process, how important it is to integrate things rather than keep them on the fringe or separate them in some way, or try to come to an intellectual understanding of it. Even, um, like the integration process seems very important for, I mean, the lesson that could be around it too. Like, I mean, there's obviously there, there's a reason that we experience things. Um, I think, but yeah, yeah. I just want to, yeah, and just having a outer planet like on an angle or prominent in one's chart. Um, sometimes too, you know, I talk to people about, and I don't necessarily talk about it in public much, but like, like when people say, "Oh, it's a transpersonal planet," it's like, yeah, but it's also multipersonal. And so, like, there's a me that's Cameron in this present moment. There was a me that was on dish in like 1912, and or whatever. You know, so it's like that me that was there then if it shows up on the ascendant it's in the immediate environment it's happening in my moment to moment waking experience is rising out of me mm. and so for no one to like look at it that way and approach it that way 
a lot of healing could be missing in this practice of astrology. And I just think that that's like a really important thing for people to like consider um, outside. And that's why I think considering things outside of um, tradition or conventional ways of looking at it is like so important. That's how it's how you go to the next level. It's how you add to the tradition. Um, totally, 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 totally. I love that you said that's rising out of me because I mean, we think about the rising sign, we think about a planet there, but I don't think I've ever heard that um, it, it, those words together. Like it, it, I got a whole new different like image of a planet on the ascendant, just thinking about it like that. It's rising out of yeah. me. Like <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, the traditional astrology, they say it's the immediate environment. Yeah. And so the immediate environment is always a present waking moment. So it is rising, 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 right. Moment, 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 immediate environment, immediate environment, immediate environment. It's like, yeah, that's what happens when we like actually start like being with the astrology and living it and moving and, you know, yeah. It's like, you can't get, you can't get away from that. No, that's why the ascendant <laughs> is so important. It's like, you're, you're, you're rising. It's, you know, it's, it's rising within you. It's, it's emanating from you. Exactly. Um, or, to, well, I feel like it's from more than towards, but that's just me. I feel like I'm just, do, I'm just doing movements now. If you're listening to this in audio. Um, okay. Now I do have to ask though, when we're talking about things like go to cola and like, you know, connecting with herbs and plant medicine, et cetera, how do we, take it like i mean what are the different ways because <laughs> that's what i think that uh miss me sometimes with herbs i mean i would think like teas or maybe tonics or something you talked earlier about uh spiro spagyrics thank you um mm-hmm. so what are the different forms that we can take plants is there like a recommended one like how do we even yeah. get connected i with mean that? every i mean for everybody i would go just see an herbalist and then like ask them based off of what you specifically need. Um, yes. But to give a generalization that's healthy and also inviting everyone to be mindful to use your own discernment, because I promote discernment rather than telling people what they should or shouldn't do or how, you know, how it goes, um, because I want people to think or learn how to think, not what to think. So mm-hmm. um, most of the times when I'm talking about something in a broad general sense, I'm going to be talking about a plant that's most likely generally safe enough to just take as a tea. And mm-hmm. so um, with, with, so I'll talk about go to cola, go to cola. I would just do like a teaspoon to a tablespoon infusion to begin with for like 10 minutes. So a 10 minute tea, making tea for 10 minutes uh, infusion, um, with, uh, organ grapefruit, what I was talking about earlier, I would, I would most likely simmer that a little bit. So I would bring the, like bring water to a boil do, and I would do one tablespoon or teaspoon per cup again. And that is a range and you could do more, you could do less with that plant too. Um, but I would, I would bring the water to a boil, let the roots simmer. I would do it for at least 15 minutes, but sometimes I go up to like an hour, depending on how mm. concentrated I want it to be or something like that. Um, yeah. So that's, again, that's bring it to a boil and then make, put the herbs in and then let them simmer for 15 minutes. And then you just drink it as a tea, like restrain it of course, and then <laughs> drink it as a tea like that. Um, sometimes I skip steps cause I just, yeah, anyway, <laughs> so I'll say, most of the time when method. I talk about stuff is, is tea, you know, 
because right. some people like are like intolerant to alcohol so like i don't necessarily always want to talk about tinctures but like in spagyrics it's just like a whole nother thing whole nother ball of wax <laughs> yeah it's just like a whole different experience or thing to talk about um so yeah most of the time i'm just talking about tea you could also make an oil out of go-to cola i love the oil oh. go-to cola. it's amazing what if what how would we interact with the oil is that more of a, on the body um or yeah you it- could put it on the body yeah you could put it on the body <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you you could do that. I mean, most times I would I would rub it on topically. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, I'm gonna say it. so. And you discernment, <laughs> obviously. There's a way. There's a way you can prepare it, and you just like use it as like a nose oil. You know. Oh, a no nose oil. Yeah, it's actually like very standard in Ayurvedic practice to mm. do with nausea. It's just nose oil. So, um, as we get older, you know, we're like our brains are like starting to get old and dry and wither and. And we think that it's like, oh, I'm getting old, so I'm my memory's going away. And it's like, mm, that doesn't have to happen. But we have to have the understandings for them not for that not to happen. So yeah, just taking in uh oil up the nose with go-to cola and then other herbs too as well um would be ideal for that. Um, but that is another way to take oh, yeah. it. And it's really nice and it does ground the mind because you know you put the oil. And oil has the unctuous, like kind of like cohesive nature to it because it's like more like the water element. So if you have like a lot of excess thought and the energy is going here and there, it's like you put the oil in your nose and then it's kind of like, come here, come here. And for the audio, I'm like rocking a <laughs> fake phantom baby right now. So phantom, phantom brain baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to research that a little bit. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you want to know some stuff, because I feel like we're talking about. I love, I'm. Thank you for this conversation. This was really good. By the way, I, I'm. I'm. I'm glad. I'm like. I'm here for it. Um, did you want to share anything else about that, or should we? What should I'm like, where am I at? Where where am I at right now? I did want to ask like if there's any, if you had any like kind of simple herbal suggestions that people could just work with on their own today, or maybe even like a direction to go in, or like any sort of like, what would I take away and I could do right now because I'm eager to uh, investigate plants. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so one way you can go about it is there's this company called or Organic India, and they usually sell things at like um, like Sprouts or Kroger, Whole Foods, stuff like that. Just going and getting one of their teas would be a good way to go about it. I think that company is really great. They they like they they're sustainable, um, whatever that means these days. But I trust that company, so I, I can say that. Um, and just trying out like you know because they have one that's like sleep they have one that has like ashwagandha holy basil um green tea and those are generally like safe teas so just drinking those and actually being with them that's how i always invite people to start Mm. so whenever you're making tea not just making tea and come back and drinking it but like while it's infusing like staying over top of it and like actually inhaling it and Mm. what does that do when you smell that tea like what is like how is that like informing your consciousness and like really just being with it and then reading about the plants that's in the tea. Just if you just did, if you just did that with organic India tea, the one that you pick of your liking and you just pick every single herb in there and you do that for two weeks and just have a cup of tea every day. 
you you profoundly have a lot more wisdom and like and also like centeredness you know in that experience so always inviting people to just go to an experience or even if you have to like listen to uh herbalist on youtube and and type in um a perceived issue that you feel like you have and like listen to an herbalist talk about one single plant about that and just be in relationship with that plant for a month and just take your time with it because then you know it doesn't have to be this whole like well make sure you check in with your primary health care physician even though you should do that for the record (laughs) i have to say but no anyway um it's like but it's like you know it's like sometimes it's like people are like I don't know if I could take this. And I just gave them chamomile, you know? And it's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I think, think you'll be good. Yeah, it's yeah. like we've, we've, we've strayed very far away from like having autonomy and like learning how to think about things, you know? And so I'm making jokes, but I'm also like very serious about that. And like, I want you to learn how to think. And so, yeah, that's what, that's what I would say overall. I feel like that's a, that's a program in itself um, <laughs> for sure. But I, I love that suggestion because it comes back to the root of what we were talking about at the beginning of the program, which has to do with the experiential nature of getting to know the plant, getting to know your body, getting to uh, access the wisdom that's already there, you know? And so it's, it's really about practice you know, in experience, engage with it, keep showing up with it. I feel like journaling, I'm, this is where once again, the Gemini, <laughs> the third house moon comes out too. I'm like, journal about your experience. What, what comes up when you, when you maybe sit with the tea and you smell a certain thing, are there any, like, are there any memories that come up or does it take you to a certain place or do things just pop into your head while you're sitting there over, over the tea, like almost like a, like a, um, a, uh, olfactory scrying method, <laughs> I guess in some way, shape or form. Um, yeah. It's about about being pretty present with it, right? Like that's that comes back to what you were talking about with the uh, Uranus symbol and how we were getting to the to the now via the timelines that are around us. Is like we just have to be present with it to access and connect and benefit. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Well, um, before we wrap up here, I I heard from a little birdie that you're doing some holistic embodied astrology workshops with Kepler. Tell, tell me more about that. Yeah. So we've been doing, uh, we're doing a 12 month series on it. And so we just go through every single Zodiac and I talk about, um, yeah, it from like, like what I call a holistic embodied astrology nature. So just thinking about it from the perspective of what plant does it correspond to? Like we were saying something about plants today and then, also, like, how does it correspond to nature? Like, how can you go out in nature and connect with that zodiac sign? Um, also, just like, what is the, what uh, Sage will call, like, the energetic architecture of it? So the energetic architecture just being, like, is it, what's the polarity? Is it active or passive? Or um, is it yin or yang energy? And, like, what does that actually mean from an actual just energetic perspective? And what's the quadruplicity? What's the triplicity? Or that is also to say, what is the element and what is the mode? Um, and if you go in, if people have access to it, they can go back to the intro as well. And I talk about the energetic architecture of how like astrology is just like everything else in reality. And like, it's, it's like, 
it's a really good thing to go listen to the intro talk if you're going to also get the other ones later on, um, but it's not necessary. So I'll talk about the interject architecture, put it all together, and then I'll also talk about the psychological dynamics involved with each sign and how it directly corresponds to physiological correspondences and how that also corresponds to what one might see as the more like spiritual essence of each sign as well. And then at the end, um, I also talk about an embodiment practice for each zodiac sign. So it's either going to be about how to infuse your life with more of this energetic architecture or how to disperse it or like rid yourself of too much of it. Um, and so there's two practices for each zodiac sign. And so one is like a more chill one that anybody can do at any time. And when I say anybody, obviously that's over generalization, but, and then there's <laughs> one that's called like a challenger. And so mm-hmm. it's like one where it's like, it's going to like take more effort to like have at it basically. Um, and I also go over the rising sign in like a very, I think it's a really cool way. Cause I don't, I don't like write, write it out or anything. I always just do it on the spot. I do it spontaneously. So I'll, put up the rising sign for that chart like last month at a Gemini. And then I'll talk about the houses of health. So I'll talk about the first house. I'll talk about the sixth house. I'll talk about the eighth house and I'll talk about the 12th house and I'll just run off all the things I can in my brain. So it's like, this is why this is happening on a physiological level. This might be the issue. And this is how that corresponds to the person's psyche, because this is the nature of a Gemini rising. And, and I'll go through each one. And even sometimes I'll like, go from the first house to the sixth house. And then I'll jump to the 12th house and I go to the eighth house and back to the first house and why these are all connecting. And then also like allowing students to ask questions in those moments, because sometimes I do go in a way that seems as if it's unorganized to a lot of people who like one, two, three, A, B, C. And then I connect it and I make it very clear at the end, you know, which is one thing that I've like been like really, really good about allowing myself to express how I want to. And then, come back to my body and be like, okay, one, two, three, four, five. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Okay. Awesome. You know? And so, yeah, there's probably something I'm missing when it comes to that. I talk about so many things in the holistic embodied astrology <laughs> classes, but that's the generalization of it. Hey, you know what? Leave some things a mystery. You'd be surprised yeah. when you show up, you know, I'd be like, oh, you didn't say I was going to talk about that. And you'd be like, yeah. Look at the bonus, you know, it's just a bonus. That's always going to happen when it comes to talking to me anyway. <laughs> I do. I do like the idea of like not particularly going in an like exact order because I don't know. I feel like when you're speaking from a more spontaneous place, um, cause I like to do that myself. I used to, when I first started like speaking on things, I used to like love to prepare like crazy notes, like all these things never ended up using them. And yeah. now I'm like, now I literally almost go off the cuff with everything. But I feel like a lot of times if you're an off the cuff, spontaneous person, it's in order to get to the roundabout hole of like the, everything that you're talking about, you literally have to play like a game of intellectual ping pong with yeah. yourself in order to like cover all the spots until it, till it actually is a hole within, you know, your own understanding. And so sometimes it's like a roundabout way and you just got to stay with it to the end and then it all makes sense. Exactly. Um, yeah. So did you start, uh, did you start the workshops with Aries? Is that when it started? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the intro and which just gave like the bare bones outline of also just like how to look at astrology from a certain, like from that perspective, what, what we would call a holistic embodied perspective and how, yeah. So we started with the intro 
And then we went to Aries. Aries. Okay. Yeah. Cause I see you have cancer coming up on yep. June 19th. Is that, am I right 19th, on that? 18th. I don't know. It's like next month. <laughs> Go to Kepler, figure it out. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. well, it'll be on, it'll be on the web pages. Um, yeah. yeah. So cancer is next, which is intriguing. I'm a cancer. Maybe I'll have to have to go check it out. See what I'm interested in the, uh, the activities. I like, I like yeah. activities of, um, challenging ones. We'll see. I'm <laughs> no, I like a good challenge. Um, so, all right. Well, Cameron, so where, where can people find you? What, uh, what's your website? What do you got going on? I think you told me you were going to speak at Norwalk is what, tell, tell me things. Yeah. 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 I'm speaking at Norwalk, uh, this week, this week. Yeah. This week coming up and it's pretty much when I'm the, the talking I'm doing at Norwalk is, is yeah, I guess we can call it a talk, but it's really just going to be because when I went to Norwalk, um, in person, it just, I realized how much, how many astrologers, including myself were like, they were very heady at times, especially when we're all together geeking out. <laughs> and so it actually like kind of fried my brain a little bit. And I was like, wow, like we need something that's like more integrative or more in our body. And so I was like, when I, when I talk at Norwalk one day, I'm going to do that. And so I'm doing that. So it's going to be like a talk <laughs> over like, oh, let's talk about Aries. And now let's do this practice. This is how you calm Aries down. This is what Aries is. Now, can you hear this? Can you digest this now? We're out of our head. We're in our body. Just let it seep in, you know, that kind of thing. And then going over all the signs and sharing my the information I have access through each sign and not always just like in linear, like informational terms, but also connecting like how, you know, cause people say like Aquarius is the calves, but it's like, it's also the tibialis. And what does the tibialis do in the body? And how is it in relationship with other things that might be in sextile or blah, blah, blah. And, and so cool things like that. Just Ooh, like, that it's going to be I fun. Like it. <laughs> I think I'm going to end up making, because Mars is going to be in Aries. I think I'm going to end up making people growl in there too. So I think it'll be fun. You know, it'll be interesting to see a bunch of, <laughs> I'm going to make them make animal noises in there. So it's going to be fun. Oh, we're back to the beast. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Back to the beast. Um, my website. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just laughing. What's your, okay. what's your website, Cameron? Yeah, my website is www.cadreamplanet.com. My Instagram is CA Dream Six. My Twitter is at CA Dream Seven. And then also I write monthly articles for Yoga Journal. So you can see my articles there as well. I also have a course out with Astrology Hub called The Health Secrets of the Zodiac. And then again, I have uh, these monthly webinars at Kepler College. I also just did a um, Medical Astrology 101, Holistic Health and Medical Astrology with Synchronicity University. It's a five-week course over at Synchronous University. Yeah, so you've been busy. <laughs> I have been. <laughs> yeah, this man's been busy. So, all right. Well, if you don't catch all those things, I always do a blog post on each guest that will have all of Cameron's information and classes and things that you can access uh, his work there. So you can come on over and visit me at energeticprinciples.com or on Instagram at energeticprinciples um, and access that or access anything that you might need to access me with. Uh, you can find it there. Um, or over at the old Instagram at energeticprinciples because that's where I live on social media when I feel like it. I'm like, ugh, social media. 
just a love, a love, hate, love, hate relationship. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, and I will say newsletter, sign up for the heavenly wind, my monthly newsletter. It'll be going out soon. It's almost the end of the month. Actually, it'll go out uh, a couple days after this releases uh, on the new moon in Gemini. So just FYI to that. Um, what else do I need to say? Do you think people need to hear our conversation about all the things we talked about herbs? We talked about planets. We talked about life. We talked about beasts. We talked about being present in the moment. We talked about so much that I'm gonna have to listen back to this, (laughs) but tell a friend, spread the good word, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, and yeah, cause sharing is caring and really that's, that's it. Cameron, thank you. Thank you for joining me here today. It was a pleasure to roundabout talk to you. Yeah, it was. thank you for that. <laughs> All right, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in to us to talk today. Uh, we wish you the best out there and the best of health to all. Um, and as always, may the stars be with you.